1: Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Fear is becoming more and more of a major problem to mankind. It seems that generally speaking, we are more afraid now than ever before. Actually, fear is a God-given instinct. It's an alarm system built into our lives to warn us of impending dangers. Without fear, we would probably do self-destructive things like walk in front of a truck, jump off a high building, or try to stroke a crocodile. Fear is important to the survival instinct. So why is fear bad? Well, fear is a valuable servant, but a terrible master. When fear starts to rule, it tyrannizes its victims and becomes one of the most destructive forces known to man. Fear caused Adam to flee from God, Abraham to lie, the children of Israel to be disinherited, Saul to disobey, and the unfaithful servant to hide his talent. Think about that last example for a moment. The servant who hid his talent, when he was asked by his master why he had buried it, he said this, I was afraid. Fear has a paralyzing effect. It prevents us from doing what we should do. Now the antithesis of fear is faith. The one who fears does not trust God, but the one who trusts God does not fear. The psalmist said, I will trust and not
0: be afraid.
1: This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: Hello, Phil's my name, and today author and pastor Ken Legg and myself are looking at fear, and in particular, how do you overcome fear? And Ken, as you've said, there are many who can relate to fear. In fact, we'd have to say uh, it's something we all have to deal with in some degree every single day of our life. And you made an important point just then, and that is that faith is the antithesis of fear. When we fear, we don't trust, and when we trust, we don't fear.
1: Yes, we could we could also say that fear is negative faith if you like. You know, just as faith in God renders those things that he has promised to us, so fear tends to deliver those things that we dread because we continuously focus upon them and it sort of drives our life towards those things. Let me give you an example, Phil. Remember when the children of Israel were were in the wilderness mm-hmm, yep. and they kept saying, you know, Um, oh, God's brought us out here to die, we're going to perish in the wilderness, our bodies are going to be strewn across the the desert. They
0: kept on saying that and, well, guess what happened? Mm, That's (laughs) it. That's how they ended up. It's a good example of how fear can paralyze, I guess, and and that can seriously limit our lives as well. Uh, You know, our career, or our relationships stops us from taking risk. Yeah, uh, look, I think there's uh,
1: an example of um, fear paralyzing in, in the life of Timothy. You know, Timothy was called into pastoral ministry uh, he was, I guess, an average kind of person. When you look at his life, you do a character study on Timothy. He had some things going for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He had some things going against him. And his father is that he had a godly spiritual heritage, good parents, you know. Um, he was a gifted teacher. He had the best possible mentor in Paul. But he also had some disadvantages in his life. He had frequent bouts of um, sickness. Uh, there was his youthfulness. You remember Paul had to say to him, don't let anyone despise your youth. Um, He had a natural tendency towards timidity um, that we read of in the scriptures. And um, he had received the laying on of hands. He had ministered well for a time, but then something went wrong. He began to back off from his ministry responsibilities. And and Paul noticed that when he wrote his first epistle to him. He, He said to him, Timothy, don't neglect the gift of God that was given to you by Prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery and so on. Mm. You know, he saw him backing away from ministry. Now, why was he going off the boil? Well, I believe when you look at uh, his circumstances, he was starting to fear. There were, you know, there were heretics in the church. He had to confront them and their their false teachings. Um, his youth was being undermined. He was being despised by the older ones. Uh, there was persecution. Now, Paul was about to depart. You know, he was in prison when he wrote his second. Uh, epistle. In fact, that was his last epistle. And so all these things were kind of you know, coming in on Timothy. And uh, um, when he wrote his first epistle to Timothy, he said, don't neglect the gift of God. But by the time he wrote his second epistle, he had neglected that gift. He had
0: laid it down and Paul had to say to him, Timothy, stir up the gift of God Mm. that's in you. And there's probably plenty of things in our own lives that uh, we could say the same things. And in this case you're saying it paralyzed his ministry. Yes, it did. Um, But let's look at the way that Paul counseled Timothy.
1: Um, And remember, Paul himself was writing from prison, waiting execution. So if anyone should have been afraid, it it should have been him. Um, But he said this, he says, stir up the gift of God that's within you, Timothy, because God has not given us a spirit of fear. In other words, this fear that you've got, I want you to know this, it hasn't come from God. God hasn't given that to you. So, you know, personally, I believe this, um, Phil, that, Our two greatest needs are, first of all, to know what God is like and to know the truth about ourselves. And here Paul is trying to counsel Timothy to say, hey, know what God is like. He's not a God who gives us fear. He doesn't want us to be in fear. Um, That's very clear when we look at the life of Jesus. You know, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And when Jesus came, he tried to dispel fear. He often said to people, fear not, fear not, fear not. He's always saying that. And, and Phil, when you look at the Bible, you know, somebody has actually counted up that there are 365 fear nots. One in for every day of the year. One for every day of yeah. the year. There's probably one day every leap year that you, you're allowed to fear, but <laughs> <laughs> not really. Um, you know, God is not the source of your fear. Can I say to any of our listeners right now that if you're struggling with fear, know this for a fact that God is, is not the author of your fear. He was not the originator of the fear which had gripped and paralyzed and even tormented Timothy. In fact, he was the only one that could set him free. Mm -hmm.
0: As you mentioned, Paul was in prison awaiting execution when he gave that advice to Timothy. And that really says Paul was walking the walk. He wasn't speaking theory. Fear was something that he must have faced pretty well every day, but he learned to overcome it. Oh yeah, you know. Look, he certainly spoke
1: from experience. There's no doubt about that. And notice that in the counsel that he gave to Timothy, he said that there were three important things that Timothy needed to be reminded of. And if he got a grip of these three things, he would be able to be free of his fear. Once he got a hold of this, like Paul, he'd learn how to deal with fear, and Timothy also would would learn how to deal with fear not only on this occasion but in future occasions. Now. First of all, Phil, I think it's important to say this. He didn't challenge Timothy to get something that he hadn't already got. Um, That's a very important point. Not to go out and get some new experience, you know. He reminded him of what he already had in Christ. And that's got to be a pretty big key, hasn't it, to the way that we live our Christian lives? I think it's a major key to victory throughout our entire Christian lives, Phil, you know, to look at what we have in Christ. You know, a lot of Christians are trying to get new experiences so they kind of feel that they're deficient. Mm. And the Bible says that we are complete in Christ. We're already complete. So what do we have at our disposal and and what did Timothy have? Okay, well, we've only got time to look at one of those things today. And the first thing that Paul says is that God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power. So as Christians, we need to be constantly reminded that we are no longer the people we used to be in Adam, you know. We are a new creation, and this means, amongst other things, that we no longer live from the limited resources that we had prior to salvation. In other words, we're not still living from our flesh uh, because we'll always come to the end of our fleshly resources. But we have new creation resources, we have the power of God's grace. In fact, The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. We've said that many times on this program, Phil. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And Mm. and that word power, by the way, is the word dunamis,
0: uh, from which we get the word dynamite. Dynamite. It's a a power that can remove obstacles. But even what you just said there, the power of God's grace, you don't tend to think of grace and power as being... No, I know. know, know. know. People people think of uh, grace as being a weak thing,
1: but it's actually God's ability... In the place of our inability you, you think about it We come to the throne of grace mm. Grace is where God reigns from It's his ability in the place of our inability So yeah there will be many times like Timothy Where we'll be in situations where we'll say I can't cope with this I can't deal with this I can't handle this fear But that's when we come to the beginning of his grace And we experience his His
0: life working in us You know, mm. Often you hear people praying that their situation will change But is that the right prayer? Well, a lot of the prayers that Paul prayed in his epistles are that we would
1: change, that our understanding would change, that we would be enlightened, that we might know that power that's within us.
0: I hope this will help you overcome fears. That's our subject this week, and we'll have more for you tomorrow. In the meantime, remember you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You?, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.